Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast, Crucial Conversations. It's Jamal Crook. I am with Don Wettrick. How are we doing today, Don? Energized, ready for the day. I am excited about today's episode because it has a football theme in it. Don, full disclosure, if you didn't know, I, I played football at Murray State for I say four years I, I I started four years and it was something that was so significant to me I learned a whole bunch of concepts and today um, I'm excited to share something uh, from from that time with everyone you know what we're talking about today Don no football <laughs> <laughs> no we're talking about we're talking about um, playing the next play and never being too high and never being too low. And uh, I was watching, Don, the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Philadelphia Eagles, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I apologize on behalf of the NFL and your team because they are horrible. Um, but, you know, one, one thing that has been a point of admiration is their quarterback situation. Um, if, if you don't know, Carson Wentz was the first round draft pick. Uh, he was an MVP candidate the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. He got injured. Nick Foles came in, you know, and beat the Patriots. And then that next year they run it back. And, you know, he was playing well, relatively well. And then, um, you know, he gets injured again. Nick Foles steps in or the backup quarterback and they don't really do much. And then this year he's just terrible. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. He gets benched. And this and this second round draft pick out of Alabama and Oklahoma comes in and beats the number one defense in the New Orleans Saints uh, in his very first start. And a lot of people said that, hey, you know, he, he's a he's a new quarterback. His very first start. He's not going to do well. But my man got in there and and lit it up. And one of the things, if you're not familiar with Jalen Hurts, and the thing that um, really inspires me um, before we really get into nuts and bolts of this this concept is Jalen Hurts was a starter at Alabama. And he won every game except for two games. He lost two games as a starter at, at Alabama, leads his team to the national championship game. And at halftime, he gets benched uh, for a guy uh, who was, a, I believe he was a freshman at the time, named Tua Tagoviloa. He's the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins right now. But he gets benched in favor of, of, of Tua. Tua gets in and, and throws a couple touchdowns, stretches the field, and Alabama wins that national championship over Georgia. That next year, Jalen Hurts serves as Tua's backup. They make it to the Final Four. I think Clemson knocks him off um, in the college football playoff. But uh, – he comes in and he does does really well at the uh, SEC championship game. Tua goes down with ankle injury. He comes in, he balls out because he's a really good player. Um, you know what a what a dynamic quarterback situation to have. Um, he graduates from Alabama. He has one year of eligibility left, and he transfers to Oklahoma to be the guy because they still have Tua as the quarterback at Alabama. So he goes and he transfers and he becomes the Oklahoma quarterback. 
and he does really well there. He leads them to a college football playoff. Fast forward to where he is now. And something that the most inspiring thing about Jalen Hurts or that situation is that the guy continues to excel. And whenever you and whenever you see him in an interview or anyone talks to him, he's he's never focused on what happened. He's never too focused on what's about to happen. You see a guy who's calm and collected in the moment. He continuously just plays his game despite what people say. Hey, you should stay at Alabama. You 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 should leave Alabama. He makes decisions that that um, reflect who he is as a person, and he's never really impacted by um, a lot of influences. He shows a lot of resiliency. And one thing that he the one thing that he said. Uh, that was significant in one of his interviews and they asked him about you know how he operates he operates he says um you know i'm i'm just trying to be a coffee bean and in you know it kind of it kind of surprised some people like what do you mean he says basically well when you, when you a coffee bean when you put it in hot water or water in general but he used hot water as an example he says um really it it, it gets stronger and if you look at that conceptually, Don, if you put a coffee bean in water, it, 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 all of its nutrients and everything, it flows into the water and it changes the conditions of the water, but the water doesn't change it. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't wilt. It stays, it's, it keeps its same consistency no matter what. But if you put an egg in that same hot water, the insides get hard. If you put a potato in that same hot water, the insides get soft. So, so he's saying that I'm just trying to be a coffee bean and impact uh, my situation in that manner. Um, and and he, I guess, you know, as, as a lead up to our conversation, the, the importance of being consistent in our situations and playing the next play is, is something that I want to dive into today, Don. What are your thoughts? Oh, I, the resiliency is interesting because I didn't know quite everything about, well, again, I'm not as big of a sports fan as you. Cause I knew that, uh, I knew a little bit about the Jalen Hurts thing, but that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, I, I think that in a lot of ways, resiliency is admired after you've won, but it's not necessarily, uh, revered when you're in the trying moments. Um, yeah. I, I think that it's easy to, to kick a person when he's down, so to speak. I, I've seen several mm -hmm. people that are like, you know, trying to make a transition in life or they're trying to mm -hmm. find a different pathway or, you know, God forbid, you know, the world I live in and, in in, you know, the entrepreneurial world. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, this is different cultures, too. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I love me some Midwestern people, but mm -hmm. failure in the Midwest and failure at Alabama. Like there is not an Alabama football fan on in Alabama or anywhere else. They would say, mm -hmm. you know what? That was a good loss. We, we took a lot away from that loss <laughs> because there are such things as good yeah. losses. As a matter of fact, I, I yeah. again, I'm, I know I'm not a super fan, but like when the New York giants got beat by the new England Patriots in the second till in the, in week 15 of the NFL mm -hmm. season, they barely lost, but they're mm -hmm. like, uh-huh. We know you're vulnerable. We mm -hmm. like that was a good loss. So I yeah. think resiliency is rewarded only if you win. And then it's people like, well, that was boy, that was awesome. So 
yes on resiliency, but yes on seeing a culture that failure is awesome if it's going to be building towards that resiliency. And even if you don't win, I mean, like when, it's okay. Like the resiliency is where you really started to succeed. That 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 was where mm-hmm. that that life began of wanting to to be better. Right, and and you know the 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 thing that you just said uh, is is you, you talked about losing, and I agree and I disagree with the terminology um, as it relates to losing because yes, there are some good losses, but I'm gonna rephrase that. Sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. Um, there's a book by John Maxwell that goes into detail about those concepts, and a lot of people um, look at that. And I think one of the keys to resiliency is recognizing that there is really no such thing as a as a loss as much as I'm learning from something. I tell people all the time, um, if, if I, I remember uh, I had to, I failed my biology certification test five times before I actually passed it. If you don't know this about me, I was a health and physical education major, not a biology major. But my first teaching job was biology. So I had to get certified in bio. And I never uh, got certified in PE because bio was just a lot better with the AC and, and, and everything. But <laughs> I tell people all the time, I say, um, you know, I, I, I paid for that course. You know, whatever, you know, your instructional course would be, I, it was $1,000 that I ended up paying for, for that test so I could pass it. Um, I said, I, I paid for the course that was going to help me pass every other certification exam that I'll ever take again. I know how to study for it. I know how to do all these things because I learned so much throughout that process, but I'll never take that course again. I've gotten parking tickets. I would say I paid for that course. But what, what I'm really saying is that I've learned from that experience for it to never happen again. And I think, I think that in the grand scheme of, of life, there are a series of things that happen to us that we perceive as, as negative or adversity or, or things. And a lot of times what you will see in some people, for example, uh, Dwayne Haskins, I'm using quarterbacks as an example. Dwayne Haskins cannot get out of his own way. Um, and, you know, he, he, he goes, he goes uh, when he first starts, he goes and he wins the game, but at the end of the game, he's taking selfies with people and he should be on the field. You would think that, okay, he learned from that situation. There's a level of professionalism that is that is required from a starting NFL quarterback uh, in the National Football League. And you would think that he learned from that situation. Well, no, because he's at a birthday party slash strip club um, without his mask on this year. This was last year, the, the selfie, but that translates into, you know, I'm at the strip club, not following COVID protocols, not really looking out for the, the people that are in the room. My coach, he's going through chemotherapy. I'm exposing myself. Then when I get back to the locker room, I'm exposing him. And he, there's a series of mistakes that he continuously makes to the point to where he had benched in the fourth quarter. And during the fourth quarter, um, he's not supposed to be on the field at all, but he runs out on the field to go tell the quarterback something without any direction from anyone. So he, he, he cannot get out of his way. Basically, he's not learning. And a lot of times what ends up happening with situations like that, and I don't know Dwayne Haskins, but just backing, uh, backing up and going back to a personal level, things will start to snowball. 
And what we will do is we'll think about and dwell on things that have happened. And we're not saying, okay, what am I learning from this? And what can I do differently and implement those things? I think sometimes when we make a mistake done, we, we, we look for the people that we've done wrong or the situation and we try to correct that situation with apologies. And then what we want is we want resolutions or not resolutions. Uh, yeah, yeah, we want, we want uh, to fill a resolution from those people and get closure so we can move forward. But a lot of times life doesn't give you a resolution and closure from those people. And what we have to do is the, the thing that says I'm sorry the most is actually having, um, is actually living out a new set of actions that lead to future success. But that only happens, success and failure, the thing that happens in between those two things is, is different actions. And that's the thing you, when, when we're going through one play to the next, it's okay, I threw an interception in that last play, but this time I'm, I'm just gonna read my keys. I'm gonna I'm do the actions that lead to success as opposed to apologizing and trying to get resolution and closure from that previous situation. That's interesting perspective. Um, so to me, I, I'm, I'm sitting there like, thinking about different scenarios in, in my head when you're we going over that. I, the, I guess, mental awareness mm-hmm. of, of those times that you want to improve or be resigned. I, mean, I, I, I don't know, like you're making, I think a lot of people are making the conscious decision in those moments to be resilient and, mm-hmm. and, and, before they, because like you, like when you're bringing up Dwayne Haskins and, and and really, I was thinking of other people also, not only in sports but in in entertainment. Because and the only reason why we go sports and entertainment because they're high profile. But they get into this mm-hmm. death spiral of mm-hmm. bad behavior, and it takes mm-hmm. over. And he, and and I think that's why, like, I really and I'm not trying to sound old fashioned, but it's like <laughs> when people really started glamorizing Dennis Rodman, I'm like, this mm-hmm. guy was and I mean this in a loving way, he wasn't right. Like he, mm-hmm. he was, he was struggling mentally. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's that, and, and, and it kind of got out of control and I mean, Hey, he lived through it. I mean, there were times where people were afraid that he wasn't going to live through it, but, but what is it about those people that can look at this as a journey and be resilient that they're looking for these opportunities to improve. Is that a character trait? Is that something that you think was taught by their coaches or like, because there's just some people that thrive in those situations. Like, and, and I, I don't like living in Indianapolis. I don't want to give him any more credit than he has because he's now in your backyard. But like anytime Tom Brady was about to get beat, it was like, Nope. Um, and, yep. and yeah, I, like, that is really, I mean, some people just have it. Do you think that that is a learned behavior? It was like gradual over time. And when do they make that decision of I'm going to get through this and not enter into that easier phase of a, a spiral of downward trajectory? You know, and, and that's, and that is, if I had the answer to that, I would, um, I, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I'd be some world-renowned uh, psychologist, right? But, you know, I, I, 
but to try to answer that question, I do believe that experiences lead to those things. I don't believe that anyone is born and they, they, they don't need help from a parental figure. Um, and I think the, the mindset of resiliency and playing the next play, being in the moment, being the, the coffee bean comes through experience um, and it comes through practice or experience and practice are the same thing. But it's, it's also someone that I, I believe that it's a learned behavior, which is, which is really good news because it, if it's a learned behavior, then that means it's never a wrong time to do the right thing. Not to say that being resilient is the right thing all the time, because sometimes we just have to say, okay, I messed up. Let me, let me change. My, my thought patterns and I've made a mistake, let me, let me correct it. Um, but the, the, the concept of resiliency is a learned behavior and, and you can start that behavior today. So it really doesn't matter so much where you start, it's, it really matters where you finish and whether right. you're 40 years old or 50 years old or 25 or 30, today you can say, all right, I'm going to live in the moment. What have I learned? What what are what are the, the 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 ten actionable things that I can do differently right now, or three things that I can do differently, or one thing that I can do differently in my behavior? Because you 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 behave your way into bad situations. You have to behave your way out of those. You you behave your way into those situations. You have to behave your way out of those situations. So it's it's a change in your behavior that allows you to see the success that you want. It's the behavior in between is really what I'm focusing on that, that would, would make us resilient because dealing with the pressure of the atmosphere and the people and, and, and the mindset and what they're saying, that does something to, to, to your chest, you know, that thing that beats behind it and, and the thoughts and, you know, the fear that accompanies those things. But it's, it, I believe that it's those actions that we take in between and the fact that it's something that we can learn and teach ourselves and, and growing. So it can be an area of growth for everyone. I, I believe it is an area of growth because the higher you go, the more resilient, the more you have to lean on the fact that you don't know everything and that you're going to learn. You're going to have some setbacks. You're going to have some early successes. And I think the key is, is we, we all focus on how we deal with failure, but how are you dealing with success early on? I also that be a setback too. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm also thinking like a lot of things you said also had a lot to do with reflection. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, that resiliency definitely comes with that decision of I'm going to do better, but acknowledging what you've done or where you went wrong, there's this always so much power in reflection, you know, like it, I, I think that's just such a, a great trait to have. And then I think also part of that resiliency is knowing when to quit. Ironically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, ironically, there's sometimes like, I need to quit doing this because this is the situation. Because I, I think that when people think of resiliency, and again, I know that we talked about culture, you know, startup culture and that fail early, fail often mantra um, flies in the face of what people call grit or resiliency. It isn't. Mm -hmm. It's the resiliency to start something else because the first thing ain't working. So I think right. that that whole, well, you got to get through this. If it fundamentally sucks and it's not for you, quit. And they're yeah. like, well, that's not grit. It is. Yeah. 
it, it's it's the resiliency that you need to go on and do something that's a better fit for you. Heck, you started off the show with Jalen Hurts already at possibly, and this is where some people start to like fight and like get all mad. Alabama, I get it. They're the best, if not among the best in college football, historically, especially in the last yeah. 10 years, he yeah. left the best school to go and then win the Heisman. That's resiliency. Even though he quit. Yeah, did he win the Heisman? Didn't he? No, I don't think he won the Heisman. I don't think he won the Heisman. We got we to look it up. This would be did. hilarious if uh, <laughs> if the non-sports guy – go ahead. <laughs> but he did – but to your point, he did lead a team to the college football playoff that at the beginning of the season nobody thought that they would be there. By the way, he was runner-up. Joe Burrow won. There you go. I was going to say, that was a guy at LSU that was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Pretty good, but yeah, yeah. I mean, but yes, he he quit a different program because he was resilient, ironically, right? And 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 that's the thing, and and not only that, the one thing he he quit, but it the the thing I read this book and or I read this book called Above the Line Leadership by Urban Meyer, and he talks about not quitting, and his concept of not quitting is not that you don't move on to something. He says, but if you commit to something, um, that is, whenever that commitment ends, then you quit. If you quit. And I know that, you know, that's a statement. And that's something that I try to live by. I always try to complete my contracts and whatever it is that I have going on in life. If I commit for three months, I'll do it for three months or whatever the case is. But to your point, sometimes that's just not practical um, because, you know, the, the terms change or whatever the case is, but when you can complete the, the the terms of your agreement and then quit, so finish out the season, so to speak. And Jalen Hurts did that. He finished his degree at Alabama, so he did get a degree from Alabama, and then he went to Oklahoma and he became who he was, and now he has the opportunity that he has because he completed his cycle both times or his seasons both times. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it! Sorry, I'm still like, like I was really hoping I was right on the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, he didn't win the Heisman. He, you know, yeah. but 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 the significance about him and 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 the thing that has that stood out to me, if you watch him play, even now his first two games, um, he did really well. He did extremely well, but when you talk to him, he's not overexcited. He's not. Um, underwhelmingly stoic either he's focused and the the thing the thing that uh is scary about him that i believe is going to make him really good moving forward or he's really good for this moment because things change and things happen injuries and setbacks and things that you you just sometimes you can't overcome you have to switch lanes but the thing that the thing that is scary about him is his it's his willingness to focus, his willingness not to be moved by a bad play, his willingness not to be moved by a good play. He's continuously focused on exactly what he's doing. If he's doing an interview, he's focused on the interview. You can tell he's not thinking about a thousand different things. He's just focused yeah. on the interview. When he's throwing a football, he's focused on that play. When that play is over, he's focused on the next play. His focus, and I, and, and I, and I use the word focus because a lot of times, a lot of times 
um, as, as people, we don't focus. We'll have a thousand things on our to-do list and we'll, we'll look at our to-do list and we'll look at it and we won't focus on any one thing. We don't schedule things. Uh, we don't block off our time. We just focus on all these things. And just like the lion and the lion tamer, when, when the lion in, in, is looking at that chair, he's looking at all four points on that chair. And that lion tamer is able to, to stifle that lion based on the fact that the lion perceives threats from all four angles of the chair. So it stays still until it can figure out which threat. But and if you've ever been to the circus, you know that the lion never overcomes the perception of those threats. But if the lion ever focused on one leg of that chair, that lion would be able to easily overcome the lion tamer and because it's 500 pounds a thousand pounds sometimes these lions and you know they're they're gigantic but they're overcome by the, the perception of of threat and I, that comes from i said not a lack of focus but trying to focus on too many things at once and it stifles us it paralyzes us just like the lion and you know i say the lions are great you know they're, they're the kings of the jungle so it's kings and queens of the jungle if we focus on one thing at a time, it's going to increase our resiliency because we, we're in execution mode and we're not consumed with what the world thinks about us or how they think or what they do. We're just in execution. We're focusing, we're focusing. And you'll feel yourself getting to the zone. We talked about this on one of our other uh, episodes, but it's, it's in that zone that it's more easier to accomplish playing the next play because you know, okay, that was a setback, but here are my actions. I'm still following this plan. Yeah. That's a good way to end it. Resiliency. And, and, and sometimes the irony of what resiliency is. Loved it. All right, man, Jamal, this one, this one was, this one was good. Why don't you uh, take us out? Well, this is Jamal Crook for Don Wet Trick reminding you to be resilient. We'll see Peace. you.